right, welcome to Wine and Jesus. Hey, yo, Midnight Edition. Yes, you've got um, Jen and Gio here. There's no Bachelor tonight. This is 9 o'clock on a Friday night. So. This is an off-the-cuff episode. Yeah, late, no late at night with some coffee and wine, though. I do have wine because I felt like if we were going to record another episode of Wine and Jesus that we needed wine. So I asked Gio to pour me a glass of wine, and he did. I took a drink of it, and then I was like, I think I'm going to really need a cup of coffee instead. <laughs> and here shows the um, awareness, we'll say. Some might call it neuroticism. I wouldn't, but some might. She has a coaster over the top of the wine so bugs don't get in it. Well, it's because it's my after coffee delight. And you put a thing on top of it because you're very aware. I don't want bugs to enter my wine while I am enjoying my coffee. So that way when I am ready to drink my wine, I am sticking my finger in there trying to fish out these stupid little fruit flies or whatever they're called that I know we're supposed to love because they're God's creation. But they're annoying and I hate them and I want them to die. Speaking of bugs and liquor, how much would you have to be paid to eat the worm in the tequila? You couldn't pay me enough. No. No. To send Mateo to college? How dare you? I mean, can I just, like, work like a hard American and pay for his (laughs) college like normal people? Or you could eat a bug and get, like, a million dollars. Nobody's going to pay me a million dollars to eat. A worm. If they would pay me a million dollars to eat a worm, I would have to thank their sanity as to, like, why they're getting, like, such joy out of, like, watching Mm. another person eat a worm. Challenge accepted. And why do they have so much money that they're willing to just give somebody a million dollars to eat a worm? When I win the lottery, I'm going to make sure this happens. And it's on record now, so you can't say no. Okay, anyway, well, at least go down to like a homeless shelter and offer it down there. Like, well, you can do what you do want. This, like funny thing that needs do what this you money. want with your million dollars after you eat that worm. I don't care. You're so weird. Okay, it's just like such a, no. Hey, why money. are we on here again? <laughs> so today's topic, we thought that we would talk to you all about cardinals and. Really, I mean, this is a question that I pester Gio with constantly, so selfishly. Yeah, I just really want it more broken down. And when we say cardinals, just to clarify, we're talking about the birds, the red birds with the black, like, masks on, look like bank robbers. They're pretty cute. They fly Not the Catholic hierarchy. Go on. Correct. So we talked about this a little bit in podcast episode two. We touched on this when we did the Ghost Stories Mm -hmm. podcast. And I know we touched on, like, if mediums were really a past loved one. And I think we maybe touched on cardinals. I can't quite remember. But I don't think we really went into quite a lot of detail there since that one was really more about the shadow in my son's room and trying to understand that part of it. So, really, I mean, my question is, you know the quote um, that you always hear when cardinals appear when loved ones are near. Ah. So a cardinal appears when a loved one I've is near. I've heard that actually. And that now quote that you say is that. so popular, but I don't find any biblical truth to this. I have gone down a rabbit hole, and I'm telling you, like this isn't just a rabbit hole for research for this hole. podcast episode. I've gone down this rabbit hole multiple times. That like when I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and I'm bored, and I'm like, I really want to know like what this is, and I never can find an answer for it. And it's very confusing to me. So I know it's saying that there's supposed to be angels, like messengers from God, um, you know, to kind of let us know that our loved one is thinking of us. Mm -hmm. 
but a couple of things I'm confused there because I thought our loved ones were really asleep like I thought the bible talked about them not being able to like watch over necessarily what we were doing but that they Mm. go to sleep so I'll find that verse in a second but yeah that is mentioned yeah that's like one part of confusion so then why would an angel be like saying hey your grandpa's thinking about you if like <laughs> grandpa's really not yeah. talking to said angel why do i think that's an angel like i guess where's this derived from do you know oh gosh okay so i really like the part where you pulled in the um like sleeping when you're dead type idea because there are some conflicting ideas of that in the bible and we'll get to that later on here but um to address the cardinal thing number one do you have do you have any let's try something different. Do you have any ideas or thoughts on it before I spew my whole stupid thing? I really don't. It just kind of confuses me the more that I read about it because everything's talking about how a red cardinal is a spiritual messenger from God. The red cardinal represents the blood of Christ, symbolizing mm-hmm. um, combating difficulties with hope in God. The red mm-hmm. cardinal appears in times of stress or despair to encourage hope or um, persistence that was like one thing that i saw yep that's the one the most common one i've heard is the blood of christ uh comparison um also what i've um come to discover and and this kind of pulls in um the mysticism part of especially of like catholicism and then there's also like separate from christianity there's like this spiritual part of the cardinal thing but Specifically with the Catholicism thing, the cardinals are called cardinals, um, from what I've at least heard and learned, um, and they're red too, just like the bird, but they're called cardinals um, because, number one, there's like four cardinal directions of the world, the four corners of the earth you'll hear in the Bible and stuff like that. I actually saw something about that and I was got even more confused. Yeah. I'm glad you're touching on that. <laughs> so cardinal meaning like the order or the ordinal direction of things or the, you know, so these cardinals are kind of represent the, the pillars of this is how things go that way, this way, this way, that way. I, it's kind of a comparison thing, but... Um, so that's kind of where the cardinal gets its name too because it stands out it's like the highest you know echelon of bird because it's bright red and and then people start comparing the blood of christ to it but as you said the bible doesn't have one word about cardinals yeah because dove is always mentioned as like the the messenger of the holy Mm -hmm. spirit and things of that nature i thought in the bible if you you hear dove why don't you hear cardinal if cardinal is really the significant yeah so I th- and interesting side note, an eagle is not good in the Bible. Like really? we we think of the noble whoa, bald eagle of America, and uh, in the Bible it's like the vulture. So you say they remind me of a vulture. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I've never thought they were like this mythical. Yep, and so they're considered creature. like those like like that feed on the dead, kind of like uh, evil spirit type uh-huh. things, you know. So anyway, side note on that. Um, but yeah, cardinals not mentioned in the Bible. Does that mean they're not important or they're not cool or, you know, like we should not appreciate God's creations? Absolutely. Like that kind of stuff's fine. The one thing I, I did want to address, I mean, cause I could harp all day on like, you know, Bible thump and say, you know, don't put all your eggs into the spiritual basket of cardinals or like speaking to loved ones through that are dead and all these things but um you know on the god heart side of things i really think 
cardinals could be considered messengers from God in a way. Maybe not like directly from a, a past loved one, but maybe it is God's way of just you know tapping you on the shoulder and saying, "Hey, I see you, girl. I love you." And I got your loved one with me, and everything's good. It might not be directly from your past loved one, but it, it could possibly be a message from God regarding that loved one, maybe. That's my thoughts on it. It's interesting. I found another um, website that's talked about the spiritual messenger part, and they worded things a little differently. So it said, Symbolic signs appear in many forms, but the Red Cardinal has long been embraced as the most notable spiritual messenger who has been sent by our loved ones in heaven to watch over us. To this day, red cardinals are one of the most common spiritual signs that people receive from heaven. The word cardinal comes from the Latin word cardo, which means hinge. The cardinal is serving as the hinge on the doorway between earth and spirit, Mm. delivering messages back and forth. Cardinal-themed gifts for an adult or a child who has experienced loss are truly meaningful and become treasured gifts, yada, yada, yada. Um, It's from, like, a caringcardinals.com, I want to say. So that, then my next question, um, and, I mean, I guess, like, I thought we were sleeping in the Bible. So can you help clarify, I guess, like, what happens to us when we We do pass? Because... I, I'm reading all these verses, like where Ephesians, for example, talks about like the dead knows nothing; they do not praise the Lord. Um, I mean, it's mixing a bunch of different verses in this article mm-hmm. that I found. But yeah. um, if they're saying that they're asleep, they're waiting for the resurrection from both righteous and unrighteous, and mm-hmm. are in graves until Jesus' voice will be calling them from the grave to reward or punishment. Um, they say that's from Daniel twelve two. I do need to look that up and cross reference the verse. So with that, my question comes. All of the different verses that I found throughout the opposing articles of what happens when you pass would say that we as Christians should believe that we are asleep, that um, certain verses allude to um, not being able to communicate with the dead, that the dead knows Mm -hmm. nothing, um, that they do not praise the Lord, their awareness and thoughts are no more. Um, Those are a couple of verses piecemeal together that I'll reference. within the podcast blog later, but the one that stood out to me was Daniel 12 too. I'm talking about the dead going to sleep, waiting the resurrection for both righteousness and unrighteousness. They're in their graves until Jesus's voice will be calling them from the grave to reward or punishment. So really the consensus is from a biblical stance is that when you do die, you go to sleep Mm -hmm. and you're just kind of hanging out, I guess, until the end times happens. And then, Jesus We're all going to be in this, like, renewed earth that okay. is fabulous. <laughs> so Interesting. Why are there so many conflicting yeah. viewpoints on it? And, like, how can somebody say that a cardinal is really, truly a messenger of your past loved one if the Bible clearly says that, like, your past loved one has no clue what you're doing right now? Like, well, <laughs> they're having the best sleep of their life. Well, the, <laughs> now that you say that, there, I'll get to it in a second. There are conflicting reports in the Bible as to whether you're sleeping fully or you might be aware of something after you pass. So, Ooh, do tell. let me start with 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. You sound like the um, professor from Hogwarts. <laughs> Dumbledore. <laughs> yes. Nerd. <laughs> I mean, you're the nerd. We are confident, I say, and would prefer... 
To be away from the body is to be present with the Lord or at home with the Lord. So to me, that means, you know, when we're away from our bodies, we're with the Lord. So it kind of, that verse alone kind of identifies two separate things here. There's our body and then there's us in some way, right? So we spoke about this. If you've serial listened to our podcast or at least listened to a few of our past podcasts, we've mentioned before the idea of soul and spirit, nefesh and ruach, if you will, in the Hebrew. With that saying, I, I'm, I kind of am in the court of opinion that the nefesh, our body, our soul is maybe sleeping. Our, our physicality, our, our uh, I don't know, substance, you could say, our, our breathing is the literal translation. So, like, anything that's alive is breathing is kind of the idea in the Old Testament. We just don't have a body to connect to the soul. But so, the soul is still very our, much our spirit our, is still there and is with the Lord. So, that's the important part, I think, that Jesus came to, like, show us what we are part of is, is God. So, our spirit, which is different than animals, um, is probably with the Lord. So, we have two different ideas here. We are sleeping in the sense that maybe our nefesh, our body, our our soul part of ourselves is sleeping until the Lord resurrects and renews and stuff, whatever the idea is. Um, but our spirit's definitely with God. Um, the, Abraham, the bosom of Abraham is what the Jews would consider, or in our consideration, Jesus. We're with Jesus. So it's kind of cool. The next verse I wanted to pop out real quick is um, when Jesus was hanging out with a couple of his apostles, his two f- favorite guys, um, it was Peter, John, and Jesus were, were chilling, and all of a sudden he like transfigures into this amazing glowing, basically what we would look like once, you know, what Jesus truly looks like in, in heaven and just this amazingness, right? And, and Peter's like, whoa, this is crazy, and he checks out and here's what he says, and lo, two men were speaking together with Jesus. These men were Moses and Elijah. And they were um, looking like Jesus, too. They appeared in glory. And they were talking about his um, departure, Jesus' departure, that he was about to fulfill in Jerusalem. So somehow, Moses and Elijah, at least in this vision that Peter sees, are talking about current events that they shouldn't know about because they've been dead for, you know, a few hundred years. If not a few thousand, I don't know. Um, so how are they aware of what's going on on Earth if they're dead, and but they're talking to Jesus? So... There does seem to be this, like, at least the glorified part of our spirit is aware of things. And that's kind of cool to think about because maybe Grandpa knows what how I'm doing and, you know, is aware of the earth, but he sees it through these, like, perfected eyes. So he can see now everything that's happening on earth in this perfect way that we can't see as humans. So maybe it's a more beautiful way of seeing us. And I, I like to think about that that way at least. Because that's kind of beautiful to imagine, like, when I am past, like, I don't want to be creepy and, like, spy on Mateo in that way, but it'd be cool to see, like, through these new perfected eyes through Jesus, I can see my family, maybe. And maybe if I can't, um, because that can also turn into a danger when the people on earth are focused too much on their loved ones that have passed. Um, It's turned into ancestor worship and past religions before. You so get you get into like idolatry and right. So you get into some dangerous territory there, 
But it does seem to be that the past are somehow aware of current events. So you don't want to pray to your loved one necessarily. You still oh, want to be no. praying to God and Jesus. But like, if you how like, do you? Talk. You read my man. Well, you read my mind, man. This is weird. I was gonna bring this up. Keep going though. But so if you want to talk to your loved one or just be like thinking about you, I hope it's great up there in heaven. Hmm. That's not like worship it's more of just like you were on my mind and i just felt like i'd let the universe know or should i be like god will you please tell my grandpa that i want to give him a hug (laughs) well here's the thing they're with the lord they don't need your stinking hugs no i they love you i don't care i want to smother (laughs) them with my love anyway no it's you have to imagine it from their point of view is like they're not worried about you once again. They're they know ex- they've they now know perfection. They know heaven. So they're not worried well, then about why you. Why are they sending me a cardinal? No, that they're that's what I'm saying. It's not your loved ones communicating with you. That's necromancy. That's mediums and that's stuff you don't want to deal with. What I had mentioned at the very beginning was God or is sending those cardinals or whatever you want to think of. But I think of it more of a. Just a, a nudge from God saying, hey, I got your loved one. It's cool. You you don't have to worry about your loved ones or like give them a hug or a pat on the back. You love them. That's great. And Jesus understands that. But you don't want to try to commune with the dead. Hmm. That's like a no-no. And there's a reason for that. No, that makes sense. So then that leads me into a whole other realm of questions. Oh, hang on. Before we get there. Yeah. The reason why I wanted to bring up um, praying to your past loved ones or, or using them as maybe a channel to get to the, the big guy up there or something like you that. You want to earn some extra credits? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Grandpa, can you... Do you do you guys... Do you know Abraham? Because I'm pretty sure he's got at the ear of the big guy. You want to... Um, so the main idea, and I'll just give you one verse out of a billion that all these um, apologetic teachers talk about, but there's one mediator, and that's Jesus. First Timothy... Chapter 2, verse 5. There is one God. There is also one mediator between God and human beings. The human man, the Messiah Jesus, the Christ. So, there's only one mediator between us and the big guy upstairs. And that's Jesus because he was human. And so he's our channel. He's, he's the way we commune with God, right? So we never want to go through anyone else. Um, I'm, I stand firm on that. No, that makes sense. <laughs> The next thing then that kind of ties into that really is angels and their activity with us as earth beings or humans. Mm, yeah. I should say I make it sound like we're like Earthlings, <laughs> <Yeah>. hello. <laughs> like it's like an E. T. episode. <laughs> I've but been sent by God. They're they're in a completely different how do you even say it? Like spectrum of life force. And then like you've got us and we're just so little in the grand scheme of things. Oh, but you always so hear, humble. Aw. You always hear of all of these um, certain angels, like messengers being sent by God to like protect you. And like some people touch on guardian angels and like really feel like that's a thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Some people say, oh, the angel of such and such visited me or in a dream and this happened and people have like stories and like mm-hmm. images that they can draw off of. But like how, why do angels do that? Like <laughs> what, what is, can you explain all that? It just seems like the supernatural thing and like how do you know if it's good or evil and how do you know that that's an angel or a messenger from God and 
are there really guardian angels? I know I asked you like 20 questions in one. No, that's great. That's how my brain works. So I'm going to, I'm going to pop out a verse here real quick. Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Father, if you are willing, take this is, I'm sorry, this is Jesus praying to God when he's still on earth, right before he's about to get crucified. Super worried about getting crucified. Hey, dad, if you're willing, take this cup away from me. I don't want it. Um, Yet it's not my will, but yours be done. That's a pretty famous verse. And then he, then the next verse says, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. So, cool. Jesus even got a messenger sent to him to help strengthen him. That, number one, shows a really cool version of Jesus as, as a human man, just as we are. And he goes through the same things we did. Or he went through the same things we do. Um, but also the idea of the angel coming in your time of need um, I think it's a it's a microcosm or you know micro version of what we can all kind of think about is like Lord I am like really struggling just please help me and you notice how Jesus is praying to God he's not saying hey angels come and help me please then God sends the God sends the messenger as a, as a yes thank ah, you that's interesting okay, and so we can angels. yeah we can always think of uh and that could be a his guardian angel if you want to put it in quotes i i've never really found the term guardian angel in the bible and i could be missing the translations and stuff um but the a cool one here that i think a lot of people um get the guardian angel version from is matthew chapter 18 um, and basically Jesus is telling stories to the people on Mount, on the mountains and stuff. And he's teaching them all those cool stories that you hear about. And he has a bunch of kids around him and he's like warning the adults in the group. And he's like, see that you never offset or despise one of these little kiddos over here. For I tell you that they're angel, that they're angels, T-H-E-I-R, they're angels in heaven always see the face of my father in heaven so i mean that's kind of oh what what's he talking about i mean he i'm sure it's connected to other things up higher in the in the chapter but what he's warning them is like don't mess with these little kids because they have the purest cleanest um influence from god because they haven't been mucked through life yet and been influenced by all these worldly things yet they're the most pure version of a human that you can get, um, you know, when you're as young as possible. And so it sounds like their messengers or their angels or their influences are as like close to God as perfection as possible that you can see through human eyes. Um, but I also think that people could interpret their messengers, their angels that are in heaven, um, always see the face of God. So like a guardian angel, their guardian angels watching over them. Watching over them. And they're just visiting God. And, and so there's different ways to interpret these passages. And I'm never going to like tell anybody how to believe or think the Bible says. I'll just give my input on it. And my input is focus your thoughts and prayers on Jesus and God. Uh, on God through Jesus, you could say. And don't worry about like going through someone else to get to God or worrying about a past loved one. They're good. I promise they're good. And if you try to stray away from that kind of general direction, you might get into enemy territory, you know. 
It's to, more like selfishness, though, I think, when we want that comfort. It's absolutely. More, like, absolutely. we know that they're fine. That's cool that they're out there and, like... It's more of a comfort to you, to great know. resort having the time of their lives. Mm-hmm. But... <sighs> It's it is it's a it's a comfort to me. I do like to see cardinals. You know, my first husband passed, my grandpa's passed. You know, I've lost a lot of people that are close to me, and it does seem that when I'm thinking about something or having a more stressful time, and I see them, it it pops into my mind instantly. Oh, that's so and so, or that's so and so, and I mm-hmm. feel like that can't just be by coincidence that like you would feel like that sense of calmness and happiness about like one particular mm-hmm. person when maybe you weren't even thinking about something correlated with them mm-hmm. you know it's just like the comfort that you feel from that you're like oh well that must be this person so i don't know i'm just like so intrigued to get all these answers yeah. when i get up to heaven i think that i have like a list of questions that's probably a mile long and god's gonna be like dude take a number could you not <laughs> So, is there a question box for this girl? <laughs> oh, he's like, yes. Can we assign her a peer mentor? <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, the oh gosh, it's hard to. I would ask you from your personal experience, what is the hardest part of getting over the idea that you can't communicate or commune with your past loved ones? Like, what if you had a separation? What's the hardest thing to get over with that thought? Well, I think it's just weird. It's hard for a lot of people because when you're used to having, I mean, that person is on your mind because they were a person. They were in human form here on earth Mm -hmm. and you have some sort of connection to them. Um, Whether it be a friend that you've lost or a spouse that you've lost or a child or whatever it be, grandparent. Um, you had a specific connection to them, and when that connection gets just cut off and they're no longer here, it feels like unfinished business on our part. Like, it mm-hmm. just feels like you shut the movie off with five minutes left, and we're constantly wondering, like, did Timmy get his leg? So. You're wondering, <laughs> is the person still on earth, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. So I think that's why it's like a comfort for us to be like, Oh, they, they do care about us and they are paying, they are, you know, checking in on us on one you, side, but you, then two, <laughs> like, oh, they're going to be where I am. And I, I you know, so number one, they're there. do you think they like stop loving you when they like leave? No, I'm just saying. No, no I'm not trying to, I'm just trying to be silly, but yeah. like, obviously, you know, their minds don't change once they leave the body, right? Like, yeah. So they obviously, if they loved you here, they're thinking and loving up. You know, they love you up wherever they're at. Well, and that's not disputed. I'm saying, I think us as humans selfishly yes want that comfort mm-hmm. for ourselves because we felt like the lights got turned off while we were walking through the middle of a room that we need to see through. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't think that it's that easy for people to just cut off their emotions like that and be like, well, they're in heaven now. Like I hated that stuff. I'm sorry. That is the most cliche thing to say to somebody when somebody has lost somebody like, oh, well, you know, they're with God now. <laughs> You'll see them again someday. It's like, yeah. no shit. I know that. Thank you. <laughs> like that's not what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I want to hear that this sucks and I'm sorry that this happens, mm-hmm. you know, but that's about it. Otherwise, yeah, it's hard to give a comforting word to... Oh, and I'm not knocking anybody that said that. It's just like... I, oh, no. That's just like... I was just, no, I totally understand what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, 
it's hard from the other side of things, like, because I could tell you all day, dude, he's good. They're good. They're with Jesus. They're good. I could say yeah. that all day. It won't make you feel any better yeah. just by saying that. Um, so I think that's why God does send those little little love notes here and there in the form maybe of a cardinal for you because that's your thing. Or, you know, that's what you grew up knowing. And, and so God knows your heart better than you do. So he's going to send you those little love notes in his in the way that he knows best for you. Maybe my thing isn't a cardinal. Maybe mine is like an act or a just a simple thing that, you know, somebody else does for me. And I'm like, oh, thanks, God. I needed that. You know, so um, your, your losses in, in life sometimes at least mold who you become and, and how you are. So... Of course, when you lose those things, you want to know that you want some kind of comfort with that, right? Yeah. You want to um, know it's not all in vain. Yeah. Because like, you do. You just feel like your life just like yeah. switched directions. And then you've got to just like figure it out. And then you've got all these people being like, oh, well, they're in heaven now. It's yeah. great. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. Now I have to figure out how to take care of like mow the lawn and things that I never had to do mm-hmm. or like fix a leaky roof or like so when, <laughs> random stuff like that tree broke in the backyard like yeah. week two after my first husband passed and I'm like so what do I do like what did Jesus do when he was in his hardest time he prayed he prayed and God always hears your prayers even if you don't think or even if you don't feel like he responded yet or fast enough or in the right way you thought he hears it, and he desperately, more than anything, wants you to know and to comfort you. And sometimes he can't cause a miracle to happen every time you ask for a prayer in some way. But sometimes he might send you a, let's put the quotes up, messenger in some way, mm-hmm. like he did with Jesus, to strengthen or to comfort him. And so uh, when you do, f- I'm not saying to you, but to the general listener, when you might feel those desperation or just super distress distraught sad times in your life uh you've lost somebody COVID. i know a lot of people lost people right now um but that that comfort that i mean i try to think of if i'm in that position is like i'm i i tell god my feelings and then i look for the smallest little hint of some kind of sign or some kind of um uplift that i might try to get because that's probably that little messenger he's trying to send because he can't always send a whirlwind. It might hurt somebody else. If he causes a miracle for you, you always have to think, will that miracle maybe affect somebody else in a negative way? And that's why he doesn't do it. You, you always have to, you know, he wants to help you and do the best. But sometimes he, it might hurt something if he does that. Yeah. When you can't, like, put a protective bubble around all yes. of us. Like, yeah. we have free will and, yeah. like, there are consequences to our actions and sometimes that doesn't result in the best of ways and then people here stuck to suffer and feel sad from the void so i that was my whole point it's like i think it's just like more of a selfish thing like us <laughs> here as humans want that comfort we want to know that like there is this connection between that realm and us and that like there is more to this life because then you really I think like the loss of a loved one is like really when people start thinking of like okay like what what does happen when you die like where am I gonna be like so yeah it really puts it into perspective sometimes yeah it the only thing I can say is you have to just feel jealous for the people that have already passed because if you've ever been to like 
uh, all-inclusive resort, it's awesome. Like, you're chilling, you don't have to bring your wallet, you just walk up and get a non-alcoholic beverage, of course. Huh. That wristband <laughs> is not there for a non-alcoholic <laughs> beverage. I would not pay for all-inclusive. But, like, <laughs> like, multiply that times infinity, and that's where they're at. So it's almost a jealousy for us yeah. to still be here. So we can always be comforted knowing that they're on, like, the most amazing Disney cruise ever. So... That's cool. Yeah, it's something. It sucks for us, though, but we can always look forward to when we get there and help others in our in the now. Back to the angels. When there are angels sit here um, as messengers, like, what are some other common themes of, like, specific angels that are, like, messengers of? Mm-hmm. Like, I know there are specific angels that are named in the Bible that... Mm-hmm. Um, I think correlate to certain messages, right? Well, yeah. So Gabriel was like the messenger, the the official emissary of God, for example. So he was like in the olden kingly days and all that. The king would always have this like one herald, this one guy that would go out and hear ye, hear ye. I proclaim the kingeth say, and he goes on and on. That was Gabriel's job. Okay. He probably didn't talk like that. He probably was like. Like, the coolest dude ever, but he glowed and scared people. Um, <laughs> every time he appeared, like, he appeared to to uh, Jesus' cousin's family, and they were like, Oh my gosh, we're gonna die! He's crazy! And he, like, makes the dad go go mute for a while. So he's, like, pretty B.A. He's that should a, be a movie. Gabriel the B.A. He probably has, like, a leather jacket and stuff. And so you have Gabriel... The chief of all, they say, of all the angels is this Michael character. Um, he's and if the you, archangel, right? He, well, Gabriel is an archangel considered, too. Oh. That's what he's saying. He's like, the Gabriel's like, okay, so here's another weird thing. The car, Going back to the cardinal thing, you have four cardinal directions, right? You have four cardinal archangels. You have Gabriel, Michael, Raphael, Leonardo, Donatello. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, are we on Ninja Turtles? <laughs> no, but you do have uh, Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, and I don't think the other one's mentioned ever. I'm sorry, I get really excited, so sometimes I get loud. The other one's mentioned um, in anything like important, and Raphael isn't mentioned in the Bible either, in our Protestant Bible. Um, it, I think it's like Azrael or something, I can't remember. But one's like the chief, like battalion officer, like the the prince of the king, and um, one is the messenger. Raphael's like the healer, um, you could say. Raphael meaning like the arisen one of God. God heals is my middle name. It means God heals. Mm-hmm. Um, so these, even the the chiefest of the angels have specific like categories or jobs that they're usually assigned. Um, they're not just God's bodyguards. Yeah, they're not. Well, there are God's bodyguards. They're so okay. So when I say the word cherub, mm-hmm. what do you think? Oh gosh, I don't know. You're gonna make me seem blonde. No, no, like, like a, a little, little that you ride no, a like... little baby cherub. Like you remember those fat baby pictures? Like Cupid is a cherub. It, uh, well, okay, let me start over. Valentine's Day, <laughs> you got those little babies with their butts out. And the wings, and they're flying and shooting arrows at people. I know what Cupid is. Little de- demon baby children, right? So they're considered <laughs> cherubs. 
I would hate to meet one of those little demon babies shooting arrows at me. No, no, no. Wait, no. those are real things? No. But <laughs> cherubs are real things. They're not little baby butt things. They're these terrifying creatures that like surround God 24-7. How do you ruin Valentine's Day for me right before Valentine's well, Day? Well, I don't want to get into it right now, but Valentine's Day's uh, little cupid is based on pagan things. They believe Satan was also probably like a, a cherub or a seraphim or something major. And um, so it's likely that they transferred this cherub that fell um, and is now like the god of love, you could say. But it's hmm. probably Satan in disguise. Okay, well, I still Merry want... Valentine's Day, everybody! Hey, I still want my <laughs> chocolate-covered strawberries, my wine... And how did we get roses? Oh yeah. oh yeah, I guess you can get me roses when they're not Valentine's Day weekend, just because I'm cheap and that comes from my pocket too. But mm-hmm. I'll take wine from and chocolate covered strawberries pocket. still. Oh yeah, I'll get you chocolates because I'll steal some. That's cool. Anyway, cherubs, these terrifying creatures that glow and um, probably have like four heads and four faces and these wings and. It's crazy. And it's, you said Gabriel is a no, 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 cherub? No, no, he's not a cherub. That's just a different category. Uh, so you have your archangels. Ah, probably. I mean, if they're good ones. They're, they're like Christmas trees. They're, so the glowing white that you see and you hear about in the Bible, it usually means like righteousness or justice, like they are pure. So these glowing things are like just showing the purity of God. They're reflecting the purity of God. Anyway, so you, it, you have archangels, cherubs, seraphs. All these different categories of angels. They say there's like seven categories, but i that's just kind of theologian stuff. But there's different jobs, different categories of these messengers. But they're all kind of called angels, or in the Greek, agalos, or... Oh, I wish I knew the Hebrew off the top of my head right now. I, I usually do. But anyway, just means messenger. So it could literally be anything. Sometimes the messenger appears and he's like ready for battle, it looks like. Um, there's this one instance where Joshua is about to go into battle. I think it's Joshua is about to go into battle and he comes to it and sees this dude that's like decked out in battle armor and Joshua's like, are you friend or foe? He's about to like slay this dude and this apparently heavenly being is like, oh no, 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 no. I'm not at either side of this. I'm just, I'm with God. Mm-hmm. And so like even these, and some people think it was like the pre-incarnate um, body of Jesus appearing. Some people think it was like Michael the Archangel, but the thought is like they even appear differently, sometimes ready for battle, sometimes as a messenger or, you know, you hear about the trumpets of the the angels blowing trumpets and things. So it's cool to imagine all the different jobs of these creations that God's made. I mean, we're the ones that are intended to reflect God's image the most or to be like images of God. So these other creations... Uh, we have to feel special compared to all these other angels because, like, wow, we're images of God and they're, like, just messengers for him, I guess. I don't know. Not trying to taunt you, angels, if you're listening, but... (laughs) I'm still hung up on this whole guardian angel concept and where people get... I I think that verse makes sense that you pointed out the there, the the T-H-E-I-R. Yeah, the kids' angels. The there, yeah. They possess the angels. angels, if you will. 
I'm still hung up on the whole guardian angel thing, though, like where it's really coming from. I know that one verse alluded to it with children, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. you know, having something possibly protect them, the Mm -hmm. there, um, the way that the the there was worded. The there is there. The there. But that can't be the only verse that people get that from. (laughs) So um, I was raised Catholic. Is that a Catholic thing? Like the... um, the guardian angel is that mm-hmm. why it's so prominent or is it an irish thing because my oh, family is irish or like where's why is it so popular oh man i Do wish you know? i remember my uh my uh, catechism days from ccd classes in catholic school and all that but um i know that they derive it from scripture they do have some extra books than the uh protestant bible so it could possibly come from something like an esdras or a maccabees or whatever their extra stuff is um, or it could be one of those interpretations that I might read as a, you know, as a more leaning evangelical type person and be like, oh, that clearly is just talking about. So here, here's an example of one. I didn't, I didn't capture the verse, but, um, there is one in Hebrews that essentially says, it kind of says like the, their people watching us or cheering us on the race. Uh, Paul is talking about like finishing the race in life kind of thing. And it almost indicates that somebody is cheering us on, whether it be loved ones or angels or something. It's like Paul knew what a Nike commercial needed. Right <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Nike was. Um, but yeah, so like, yeah, he was really into running. He wrote like a whole, like one of his epistles about it. Anyway, somebody, it seems like in that verse was cheering us, is cheering us on. When I read it though, all I see is like the people of the past, um, kind of influence us how to carry on and and in a in a more like philosophical way they cheer us on as if like their their words and their acts of the past kind of influence us and cheer us on to finish the race because they were able to based on their faith um so i read that and i don't see a guardian angel there but for example some others might read that and say definitely some, either my loved ones or guardian angels like helping me out here that's where a lot of those ideas come from, and I don't want to, like, condemn one way or the other, but I like to focus my attention on the Lord and not necessarily, like, um, worrying about if somebody's, like, you know, tying my shoelace so I don't fall on it or something. I don't know. I And I do talk a lot about spiritual warfare, I'm not going to lie, but... Um, Without a definitive Bible verse to support it, I really don't lean that way. But I completely understand where people come with that guardian angel thing. Because there's definitely some verses that would support it if, you know, how you interpret it. Well, and isn't it weird that, like, we fixate on certain verses that you, as a theology major still are saying like i'm puzzled by this verse i don't even know what it says <laughs> that's why i love the bible but then like people keeps you make like, it coming back for more yeah people take that verse though and then it's like absolute for them and uh-huh. they build this oh, whole foundation about like angels and you know like guardian angels and everybody's assigned a guardian angel and mm-hmm. oh it's your guardian angels just watching over you and it makes you feel like you can't even take a shower by yourself mm-hmm. and i mean if anybody's a parent like you know what that feels like and so when you get like five minutes it was alone, creepy you don't need somebody like hanging out making sure that you don't oh, slip and fall in the shower which as a is, as a teenage okay. boy you definitely don't want a guardian angel watching <laughs> all the time i'll tell you that yeah. So, 
I just, it, it, it mind boggles me that like there's certain things in the Bible and I know that the Bible is there for us as a tool for a multitude of things, but like those verses that are so minuscule in the grand scheme of what the actual message that the Bible is trying to convey. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. What the actual message? No, but like for, for real, I mean like it's just crazy to me that like then we take it and we like make this whole other theology mm-hmm. about it and then we tie it in and say that it's like mm, preach girl absolute and it's word because then it just confuses people like me who are like actually wanting to know what these things are like just out of like i wouldn't even be thinking about these things if they weren't out there as relevant as they are where there's mm. not all these articles and people yeah. saying that it's your past loved one i can't tell you how many people have told me that about the past loved ones and the cardinals and it would be interesting all of that since my husband had passed it would so. it would be interesting to see without any influence had one read through the bible what they would get out of it versus someone else and like, because all these extra things can get pulled out. And I really think it's it's kind of like your journey in life. If you've lost some loved ones early in life or a lot of loved ones throughout your life, you might be leaning more towards like that comfort of, of wanting to know where those loved ones are. And so you might lean more towards guardian angels or more towards like, oh, they can definitely hear me or, you know, whatever it is. Because it brings you comfort. Because it brings you comfort. And then in my case... That's not bad. Yeah, not at all. And that's what I'm saying. Not at all. I think God understands your heart, and he knows. Um, but I don't, I'm not necessarily that way. Um, and it's likely because I've, I've lost loved ones, of course. But um, my bigger like moments in life were something probably else. And that's just my journey. And I think everybody is going to make it their own way. But in the end, we do make it, I think, um, if, if Jesus has anything to do with it. Yeah. Well, this is good talk. I really enjoy this. Yes. This has been really interesting, and um, I feel like I've, I guess, gained an understanding that it's been more about, like, comfort for us, and that's okay, that there really isn't a clear answer if we're looking at it from a biblical stance and wanting, like, a black and white answer as Mm -hmm. to, like, if there really is a guardian angel, um, if our past loved one did some that cardinal, like... I want to end it on this verse... Uh, we don't have to end it on this verse, but this will be my last thing out of here. But Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. I really like this one. It's cool. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. Yeah, we talked about that in the very first episode that yep. we did with the doom and gloom messages because you're so gullible and want to track down every homeless person you can to give them the shirt off of your it back. It sucks, man. I totally get it. So, no, that's a really great call out. Um, but that's another reason that confuses people. People just don't yeah, know. There There's all these another different verse. verses and then people try to piecemeal together and think that they know what it is. But in the end, like... Just so, take it for what it is, and it's comfort, and there's God's protecting us and sending us people to protect us and boom. show us love, and we just not don't sending need to us people. It. Well, not I mean, sending us people. Yeah, he's sending us angels, hey, spirit guides, go. spirit guides. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into our Native American shaman headdresses and continue. Yeah, I mean, well, it's funny because like there are different cultures that believe different aspects of this same concept if you think about that. So like Spirit God, I heard that a lot when I went down the whole medium realm mm-hmm. and um, 
it, it does, I feel like they're all kind of connected and someday I'm going to get up there and it's all going to click and make so much sense and I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, why did I spend so much of my time thinking about that? Yeah. I think I think there's a little bit of truth in every religion. It just depends on how much non-truth is interweaved into it. But yeah. Yeah. Well, and like how much of it's passed down. Like, um, So like you've got the Bible, which... It originated it, it, verbally too. Yeah, it, but it's so. the, you know the written word of these these things. But then you also have like tradition that's been passed down. Also, so mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of different components that go into history and traditions and things that get passed down. And there's some truth to like where they originated from. Mm-hmm. So I just I think we're so far down the genetic line of things <laughs> that it's like. The telephone game gone way, <laughs> way wrong at this point. We poop our pants in an orange bag? What? <laughs> you like always have to go to the poop well, side of things. <laughs> poop humor, it kills every time. <laughs> so, yeah. No, th- this has been really interesting and um, I appreciate the information. I appreciate the talk. Thanks. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone. Talk to you soon.